should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. I'm getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. Be a book. She can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Because we're so lonely. Please, please give us something to do, something, anything else. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Bennett, who has spelled out the word "help" in gourmet pickle jars on the roof of his Brooklyn apartment. Benedict, what's a seasonal snack you enjoy? Does it have to be summer? No, any season. Any season. Doesn't okay. matter. Are there summer-specific uh, snacks? I can't think of any. It depends on what you count as a snack. Like, uh, if you, like a little watermelon fruit cup? Uh, maybe. I So, so look, that's the route you want to go. I was thinking more about like a thing that's... Uh, you like, know, a, like, like, pump, like a pumpkin spice chocolate. The yeah. PSLs and stuff like uh, that. Yeah. I do love, like a, it's not a snack, but like a maple latte. Mm, because you are uh, a white sorority woman. Oh, yeah, personified. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, should no, see I... Benedict's collection of Uggs. I am, I am, <laughs> I am, if Yale had a rush, <laughs> that would be me. If, if you could make Yale rush season into a person, that's me. I like uh, the idea of that. <laughs> what about you uh for me benedict this is particular for me because there is a certain seasonal uh delight uh available at the moment moon cakes are you familiar with the moon i don't know cake? what a moon cake is people say that word to me and i nod and smile you as if i know what it is thinking of moon pies which are different neither of which i know what they are so <laughs> why don't you hallucinate uh moon cake is uh it's a chinese uh pastry it's like okay uh, uh, a crust of some kind usually f- it, it tastes to me like a pecan pie that's is what it, it like an like uncrustable no <laughs> now i can't help but compare it to an uncrustable <laughs> it is like an uncrustable with uh, a nutty uh sweet filling inside of it. yes that is <laughs> generally sorry, that, that like. is deeply offensive <laughs> Uh, but to be it, fair, I also don't really know what an Uncrustable is. <laughs> Do they not have Uncrustables in the UK? Most things that th- people think are uh, worldwide are just American. I so. know. because Okay, that's because our entertainment gets consumed all over the world. That's true, yeah. But the, but your brands don't. Like, often, right. often brands are just different. Remember, like, uh, what was it? It was Glenn Beck's book when I was trying to find out whether it was like either Ho-Ho's or Twinkies were available in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> I still want to find out definitively whether or not they are. I really hope we can find that out someday. Uh, but no, mooncakes, um, it's a, a seasonal thing because it's, uh, they're like traditionally for like, um, I forget what festival, but so, you know, a, a Chinese summer festival of some kind, like the end of summer festival or something. Uh, and I love them because I love pecan pie. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. flavors. Um, and it's something that you see when you're like me, you go to the Asian grocery store all the time. Uh, they always have them stacked up this time of year in like decorative boxes to give to people as gifts and whatnot. And I buy me a whole bunch of boxes of them and chow down. How do they fantastic. go with the other seasonal delicacy of the Mountain Dew Baja Blast? <laughs> the Mountain Dew Baja Blast, Benedict. 
Um, was a mistake on my part. It was definitely yeah. a mistake. Look, yeah. I, I like to rotate my energy drinks from time to time because uh, I, I don't like warm <laughs> drinks, so I'm not a huge coffee drinker. I'll drink it okay. if there's no other source of caffeine around, but I'm definitely a caffeine addict, and I like cold drinks. It could be 30 mm-hmm. degrees outside. I'll go for something full of ice rather than something Have you hot. heard of, and this might be new to you, iced coffee? I, I have. I am aware okay. of iced coffee. Okay. I am, in fact, aware. Yes, and I do do that Check from time it. to time. Usually I'll, okay. I'll make a, a pitcher of iced, uh, uh, cold brew in my uh, fridge, and I'll have that for a while. Uh, <laughs> cold but I, brew. Yeah, but I go for the, I go for the energy drinks, and uh, I, I've been on a different kick lately. I've been on those, the new monster strawberry flavor, okay. uh, which is, I really Is like. Mountain Dew an energy drink by design, or does it just have so much sugar that it's I accidentally an energy drink? could not actually tell you. Actually, I think it's, it's like... It's only like uh, 50 calories or something like that. So no it's not fucking like, way. It's, and it's in the large can. So it's not like just a Mountain Dew with extra sugar in it. It is like, you know, it's there's some sugar in it probably, but it's like added caffeine and whatnot, right? And all right. the bullshit chemicals that they advertise and all the energy drinks that don't really do anything for you, but they say like, help your brain and whatever that nonsense is, right? It's all that in there. The but I bought, like case, yeah, yeah. I bought a case. I bought a case because I did try another one of the Mountain Dew flavors that I did like, which was like a pineapple coconut one. And I thought, you know what? I haven't had a Baja Blast in about 15 years. Maybe it's time that I go back and see if I remembered incorrectly how bad that flavor and is. And you were correct, in fact. Mm, yeah, I was correct the first time. It was a bad okay. flavor. It was a really right. bad flavor. Cool. <laughs> so I will not be going back to the Baja Blast uh, now that I've finished off that case that I had. But anyways, Benedict, uh, you probably know what it is that we do here on this program. Other folks... Folks who have never enjoyed the cool rush of a Baja Blast, uh, they might not know exactly what it is we do here. Uh, to them, I would say, this is the show where we go deep, 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 to plumb the depths of right-wing thought by reviewing a chapter from work of conservative literature. And in between, taking a look at the examples of the right, doing their best to make America hate again. Start us off, Benedict. Do you have a hot take for us this week? I do, but it's more of a question. Mm, that's not a take. Mm, no, but at the end, I will give you my take. <laughs> okay. In a in a walking city mm-hmm. like New York City, yes. Well, maybe this is a Good maybe city. this is a Good city. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Any any walkable city, how far from your front door? I know the it? answer. I know the answer. Fifteen minutes. Fifteen minute cities. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna be trapped in your fifteen just, minute uh, how far, bubble with the. the how higher. far is it yeah. acceptable to go in your pajamas? Oh. Mm, that's a good question. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Two blocks. Two blocks? Two okay. blocks. Are we talking pajama that's pants, about- or are we also talking the ratty T-shirt that you wear to bed? Here's the thing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm different because I don't own a single pair of pajamas because I, I sleep naked. <laughs> so you're just Winnie the Poohing it out the door? Just- <laughs> <laughs> so the answer for me is zero blocks. Yeah, <laughs> zero that blocks. That seems right. Uh, yeah, no, just because I was thinking about this when I was taking the trash outside the other day, and I, I, I was like... Oh, did you get uh, to experience those beautiful new garbage cans? Yeah, uh, amazing. Those from the, from the, the rat apocalypse, yeah. <laughs> um, I, saw a, I saw a TikTok the other day that was talking about, like, rats the size of Crocs, as in the shoe. <laughs> they were like, there are these rats. Like, okay, and then this woman was on the show. To, we're, we're like, we're gonna take away their food. We're gonna take away their shelter. Like it's like breaking the Geneva Convention on rats. The um, Geneva Convention on rats is definitely something we need to get past. Yeah. Anyway, I I felt 
uh, I felt like I wouldn't have wanted to go far beyond the kind of seven or eight steps it took to yeah. get to my trash can. See, I, I can see if if I lived in a good city again and there was like a convenience store on the end of the block, mm. I could walk down there to the end of the block in pajamas. But that feels like only, uh, like, I don't think you can do that in the middle of the day, right? Like, you can only do that when the sun's gone. Look, Benedict, I'm a garbage monster. Uh, okay. I go outside any time of the day dressed like uh, an absolute scumbag of a human okay. being. So. I put it to our audience. Let us know what you think. <laughs> Fine. What's your hot take? My hot take, Benedict. Uh, tech companies, just just stop changing the interface. Just stop it. Stop it. Stop. All of you, stop. I see you doing it again. Stop it. Yeah, don't you're do it. again. Uh, I, I know you're doing it right now. Stop they it. all Put do it, down. it all the time. Stop it. And the one that's annoyed me recently is that uh, Google Chrome has changed where the downloads go. So now if you download something, it doesn't go to the bottom of the screen like it used to. It'd pop up there on the bar. Now it's up in the top right in a little blue download logo. You have to Kevin. click on and then you have to click on Ke- it again. Ke- and I Kevin. hate it. Kevin. That changed like a year and a half ago. Okay, well, maybe I haven't updated Google Chrome in that long. <laughs> it is incredibly possible that that's yeah, what happened that with me. That seems right. I like seeing all my documents <laughs> so, at the bottom. And now they have these electric light bulbs. I like oh, candles. Let's bring back whale oil. Really, people, what are we thinking with all this? newfangled technology <laughs> just a guy who doesn't know electricity has been invented yet one guy and I, oh my god i just snorted some. <laughs> i was gonna say one guy in a cabin in maine who just yeah, still doesn't still, know that anything's still changed going out and chopping firewood every morning just, oh his name is tucker carlson anyway yeah. The true manly man, as we all know. Uh, moving it along, what is on your bookshelf this week? I can't remember if I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again either way. Um, it's a book called Elite Capture. It's a, a short polemic. Um, basically Sounds talking familiar. About how, you might have mentioned yeah, it before. Yeah, maybe. Like, basically, might have been just to uh, me. The, the subtitle is something like uh, how the how the elite like captured identity politics and everything else or something. So it's basically about how uh, the elite have made identity politics into something separate from class warfare, which is bad. And it shouldn't be. It mm. should be intertwined, as all things should be. Everything's intertwined. We should acknowledge that. That's the book. It's all together, man. Like everything. You know you're joking, but it is. <laughs> what about you? Bookshelf. My bookshelf this week, Benedict, uh, as many are aware... The second season of Good Omens released. Not Isn't it good ago. that we kind of accidentally always do one book and one show oh, between us, and it's not planned at all ever? Works like out. whenever works <laughs> out for us. <laughs> and we t- we tend to switch from time to time. You're doing books for a while, and then I'm doing the yep. show, and then you're doing show for a while, and I'm doing. It works out for us. We have a good it dynamic. Uh, I I unabashedly love Good Omens. Uh, Neil Gaiman's one of my favorite writers of comic books and also also normal books. Um, and, and, uh, the, the first season was just bleh, the greatest. It was so good. The second season is also fantastic. I love it. I've watched it twice through now, uh, cause that's how I consume media for some <laughs> reason. And it's fantastic. And it ends with David Tennant and Michael Sheen kissing, uh, which is great. One of my all time really? ma- favorite ships. Yes, it does. It actually does. Cause, uh, cause, no spoilers. I cause guess? it's great. Cause it's great. It's the, long, I don't want to like ruin the out? whole story for you, but like, okay. it's great. It's just great. Okay. You need to go sure. watch it. You need to definitely okay. go watch it. Anyways, man, 
on to housekeeping this week. Remember to rate and review us on the iTunes. Uh, Benedict is very happy that many of you responded so to happy. his call last time. So happy. We're back above four stars. Let's keep it going. Let's keep this momentum. Uh, also extremely happy with one of the one of the reviews describing this podcast of ha- as having, uh, I forget what it was, but like cha- chaotic bisexual energy, I think. <laughs> Which is a spooky uh, world, new world order review. No, your room is far too clean for the chaotic bisexual energy. You don't know that because it's always dark here when you re- when we record. I have don't the, turn light the lights on. No, when we record. the lights on. I then why is it so, so dark? dark? I don't know. You seem to have. You can see light. how your face looks on the screen. It looks completely. Yeah, dark. I can see. Yeah, I know. You're yeah. right. I just can't do anything about it. I have it. no idea why it looks that way. <laughs> Uh, where was I? Anyways, Sorry. follow us on the social medias at NYGBC Pod and at NYGBC Ben on Twitter. Uh, it is still called Twitter. It's the only thing it's acceptable to dead name is Twitter. Uh, updates. Uh, you made a comment uh, about there being nothing behind the Apple joke last week on the episode that I really only got what you were saying as I was listening back during the edit, and I wanted to <laughs> reflect on it. A what did I bit. say? I don't even remember. So you commented that there was nothing behind the Apple joke, right? Uh-huh. There, was, there was no... Oh, nothing, I see. There yeah, was yeah. No target to it. No teeth to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I wanted to reflect on it a little bit by just saying that a huge part of conservative comedy relies on a trained reaction, uh, a trained response to phrases that the audience has been inculcated with, right? Mm. So uh, Benghazi, just that phrase alone... Yep. I know what that means. It brings in all the things in the listener's mind that they want them to 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 feel and understand about it. Um, so I think that's a part of why the joke about Apple, they're trained to see Apple as evil, right? Apple is an evil company. Part of it is demonization uh, about, you know, uh, uh, what's the CEO's name? Uh, Tim Scott? Tim, Tim yeah. Apple. No, Tim not Apple. Tim Scott. Tim Apple. <laughs> Tim, uh, Tim Apple being gay, right? If you uh, ever listen to Alex Jones scream about him, he'll do like a, uh, a you know, uh, a weird, you know, gay voice, as they say. Um, and to, oh, I'm wearing pink. I'm wearing pink. Apple's so good. Look at me. I'm wearing pink. This weird stuff. And part of it is all the culture war bullshit that goes along mm-hmm. with everything the, the rest of the right wing talks about. So that's just uh, what I, I picked up after we had already finished recording, and I wanted to make sure I got in. But anyways, Benedict, we have a few new inductees into the spooky world, new world order, bleh. Of course, those would be two of our newest patrons. Starting off with Teach Peace. You are now part of our... New world, spooky world order, and also, Runak Seti, who I think you already were a pa- patron in the past, but I give it any time you leave and come back. You are now part of our... New World Spooky World Order. And I also want to extend a hearty Spooky World New World Order to Taru Takanen. You are now part of our... New World Spooky World Order. That's what you get when you go on a train and post about <laughs> it on the show. I like trains, man. What can I say? Can trains I also and add... big boats. Trains and boats are cool. We can all add... agree on this. Can I add J. Reese 802? Yes, you can. Uh, Jay Reese 802, you're now part of our... New World Spooky World Order. And Revillo Q. Oliver. Um, (laughs) Another reviewer. No, I'm not sure about that one, Benedict. Yeah, well, it's another reviewer. They gave us five stars. You're now part of our... New World Spooky World Order. Uh, And then the other thing I want to say is I messed up my French and Spanish verbs last week. Did you? Um, you Yeah, I just said I just said courir instead of correr, and Uh, I I meant I meant correr. Were you still correct that it meant to come though? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, good. That's what's important. (laughs) That's what's really important. 
just say, I looked it up as we were talking because I wanted to see if it was right in Mexican. <laughs> and it was the example, because I said, no te corras, which is uh-huh. like, that's what he said. Yeah. For, he said, but don't run. No, um, no. Like, after we got, after we finished recording, when I was doing the edit and I listened back to that part, I went and Googled it. And the result, the first result was like Urban Dictionary. And yeah, it was like, don't come, the, don't that's, come. That's what I'm saying. The, the example <laughs> in the first one that I found was the translation of don't come on the curtains. <laughs> Unintentional right wing comedy is the best oh, comedy. It's the I, best. You know, it's that that was the funniest bit of the whole episode, <laughs> to be honest. It really was. But if you would like to join the spooky world New World Order, blah, of course you can tweet or post about the show on social media, recommend it to others, send me a screenshot or tag us in it. Leave us a five star review wherever you can, drop me a screenshot to let me know. Make a donation to a worthwhile charity, become a patron, or just get my attention with something good. And with all that out of the way, Benedict. It is time for this week's Steven Seagal clip, which yeah. I recognized last episode. Remember, we were rushed and we were recording ahead of time and all that. I had forgotten to do a Steven Seagal I know. Seagal it was video. a blessing and I didn't remind I you. I know. But Benedict, this time I'm sharing it with you in the chat right now because I need you to okay. see this. And okay. I realize that visual stuff is not good on a podcast, but I have mm. never claimed to be a good podcaster. No. Uh, but I need Benedict to see how Steven Seagal looks in this clip of Steven Seagal Lawman. He looks like a wheel of Edam cheese at the start. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's just jump right in. A suspect about six feet tall, thick build, shoulder length dreads. Inside of the apartment, that is probably a 45 caliber gun. Sorry, pause that. Yeah. Is that a Steven Seagal voiceover? No, no, that's like okay. That's the, another the dude guy. who's okay. reading. I thought the that was him doing the. I thought that was doing his. Oh his no, you'll hear Steven's voice in a minute, okay. and right, it's cool. bad. Right. It's okay. real it. bad. Keep but I, this is Steven's face. A he looks as puzzled as he is in real life. Like th- this is a completely puzzled man who has no idea what's going on. And he this, looks like someone's just told him that two plus two can equal five. Uh, yeah, and this clip just shows how completely unserious everything about okay. this show that's is, good. and I love it bedroom that's all the way in the back and it's gonna be me with the shield going in first followed by the long gun chief seagal gonna be third and the chief rest seagal. of the crew can follow in however we see fit so the list he gave there was like me and the important people in the front and then steven and you know fucking the rest of you whatever, whatever, you else. <laughs> the, whatever. <laughs> yeah that's fine please get that guy he just shoved something in his mouth so you see this whole thing with Stephen going into the house on this warrant. Pause uh, it. Yeah, I'm you did already. Yeah. Sorry. This seems deeply uh, illegal. I don't know. Like it, this doesn't seem good. Well, I mean, like the United States has a long history of allowing film crews to follow along with. Uh, you know, cops as they're out uh, violating people's rights. It doesn't seem uh, like Steven Seagal should be able to grab someone by no, the it hair, doesn't. though. No, no, it does not. And also, the way he grabbed that guy and then the other cop next to Steven immediately took over tells me how unseriously the rest of these cops take Steven, which yeah. is also funny to me. We hit the house, we encountered a lot more people than we anticipated. Now everything's under control, so we're talking to everybody. So that's Steven's voice, and you, this yeah. time they're in New Orleans. So he's doing his, now yeah, we went into that. the house and we, we nah, found a lot ah, more people than ah, we expected. Ah. Mm-hmm. And now listen here, yeah? <laughs> the guy we were looking for was apprehended. We have a warrant from a judge with your name and information based on you selling cracks out of here, so. You could have moved 
definitely find that love tonight. Yeah. Okay. So, can he have two stars on his lapels? He brings the dog like and he alerts her yeah, to search. When I search, I'm always searching in places. By the way, drug dogs have at best a coin flip's chance of indicating properly or not. They are not. They are not reliable in the slightest. The narcotics could be kind of hidden in plain sight. They live in the midst yet. So I love how they're not able to get a full clip of Stephen seeing mitts on the wall and saying, "Did you look in the mitts?" And then someone looking in the mitts and finding the drugs. They have a still photo, basically, of Stephen looking somewhere. A voiceover of Stephen saying, "Did you look in the mitts?" And then someone looks in the oven mitts hanging on the wall and finds yeah. a big baggie of crack. Cause that's yeah. definitely how it all went down. It's not yeah. like they found it ahead of time and then told Stephen, "Hey, say this for the camera." <laughs> that's how you find crack. <laughs> no, Stephen sensed the crack. He sensed mm. the crack. The snakes <laughs> told Stephen where the crack. Oh my God, we're gonna get onto the fucking snake. <laughs> the snakes today. The snakes come back, Benedict. But in the worst way. <laughs> So that's all we have for that clip. That's all we needed. It was fantastic. I love everything about it. It'll be linked in the show notes. You can watch it yourself. It's great. But Benedict, that brings us back to our our wonderful novel. We're the, nearly at the end. I searched for the, adjectives the, for it. Yeah. Batshit. 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 The only correct one. Uh, but yes, we are very near the end. Uh, we have, well, I don't know, what do we have? About... How many pages? Fifty pages or so uh, yeah, left, 50. maybe. We're going to get through there? twenty. This is going to be the penultimate Stephen Segal book. Yes, I think next time will be the last. Uh, time Although we have it this does book say at the end of the book, because I read through to the end just because I wanted to see what happened at this point. <laughs> oh, uh, great! You ruined it now. I, I did. I'm sorry. It does say at the end of the book, the end of the beginning. The end so of maybe the beginning. there'll be a sequel. The end of the. Oh my God! Okay, you know what? I had never seen before. Uh, but I, yeah, it gives the list of like the 34th and 35th. I had never looked at that page, the glossary page. There's a glossary because there's page. no evidence that there's a glossary page anywhere yes. in the book until you get to the okay, glossary. And page. tell me if this is true about yours, because this is true about mine. The glossary page is printed at an angle. My glossary page is slanted. It is not printed straight. Mine is not obviously so. Okay, well, does, mine, it does, maybe it's it just does. an issue with my version. <laughs> there are about 10 <laughs> things on the glossary page, and two of them are CIA and FBI. Yes. So that shows you. And then FEMA, uh, LEA, Law Enforcement Agency, NSA, OTM is on there other than yep. Mexican. Another official acronym. And then, okay, okay. So our, some of our listeners have speculated that the Bubba's have to do with masonry. Uh, and this makes me think that they are correct because it oh, says... Oh, yeah, no, definitely correct. 34th definitely correct. is defined as 34th degree Bubba, parenthetical, a rank not known to the other 33 degrees. And then 35er, 35th degree Bubba, a rank not known to the other 33 degrees. You would think it would be not known to the other 34 degrees, wouldn't you? I, like, well, <laughs> maybe the 34s get to know about the 35s. Yeah. And then 36er Benedict, if you can guess how this is defined, 36th degree Bubba, parenthetical a rank not known to the other 33 degrees <laughs> a word not defined <laughs> bubba yes that you have to guess but i am starting to believe uh i forget which patron it was i think it was a patron who told us about the, was, the masons yeah. uh please remind me so i can thank you on the next episode about the mason stuff but i am starting to agree with you i think it's the mason stuff now i think that's that that is uh but benedict we begin on chapter 24 mm -hmm. deep state jihadists attack 
in which the deep state jihadists do not attack. No, not at all. There it's is no attack in this the chapter, chapter. In this whole chapter, yeah. I was very confused. Uh, but it begins, quote, Earlier that day, in a Sinaloa compound in the Mexican desert, some 50 miles south of Nogales, Arizona, Jimmy Bagaye was locked in conversation with a Middle Eastern man named Ali Malouf regarding a plan he had recently been made aware of as a test of his loyalty. I'm having a problem with this, and I know... <laughs> See, the Bagaye family have very similar speech patterns. They all... Yeah, they, they all they talk all, the same. I'm having a problem with this, and I know that you would have one too. Hey, man, this is my mother I'm talking about. I don't know what, how else to say this. What is it that you want to say? Why are you talking about this? Maloof's eyes flared as he stared at the uncomfortable young man. And we know that he's talking about the plot to attack a random casino in the Arizona desert. With a nuke? Obviously your first attack. Not the Phoenix Skyport Airport, which is one of the largest in the country. Why would you go for that? No, you go for the casino about 40 miles outside of downtown uh, Phoenix. That is obviously your number one attack point. For sure. Uh, We all know how these strategies work. But yeah, Jimmy is upset because the the plan is to attack the casino. We know his mom works there. We mm-hmm. learned that. But I think we learned that from Sweet Tooth. That's where we got that last time. Yeah, yeah. Sweet Tooth gave uh, John a tip right. saying, my mom's in trouble. Can you help, basically? So this guy, Ali Malouf, uh, this is the... I don't think we've been introduced to him yet. I no, think this is a different random Middle Eastern dude yes. that is not going to make it more than a few chapters. Who is also suddenly in charge of a lot and hasn't, I don't know, this, hey, Benedict, I'm going to go out on a wing here and I'm going to say, this book is poorly written. Mm. Uh, but we learn, quote, Ali Malouf was the most brutal of the brutal, dedicated totally to bringing down and destroying the great Satan, the United States of America. He repeatedly tested anyone near him and was forced to use in his great quest. He had no qualms about taking any action necessary to reach his goals. He walked in blood, unimpeded by chaos and misery. He felt were necessary tools in order to bring down any and all he considered enemies of his way of life in the service of his God. Honestly, again, just the writing. It's... it's but, but, like... Okay, he walked in blood unimpeded by chaos and misery. I was about to bring that up too, because then he felt were necessary tools. <laughs> Does not. No. that It's a fine. Just end it at misery, and that's an okay line. He sure. walked in blood unimpeded by chaos and misery. Fine. In which he felt were necessary tools in order to complete his gains of overthrowing the great right, Satan. Right. Like... The, the first line could be on the beginning scroll text of a Call of Duty game. Yeah, uh, sure. The next line only in bad fiction. Uh, <laughs> so now Jimmy gets a gun put to his head because he questioned the plan. Because that's what Ali Malouf does. That's what the fuck Ali Malouf does. Exactly. And Ali Malouf tells him that he has one question for him. And if he doesn't answer it correctly, he's going to kill Jimmy. Properly, not correctly. Properly. Sure, sure. The question is, Benedict, are you a Christian? Which, oh, that was a that was a letdown. You could have had yep. so many more interesting questions. What kind of underwear are you wearing? Boxers or briefs? <laughs> What'd you have for breakfast today? <laughs> Do you have if that cilantro soap thing? At 65 kilometers per hour and a train is going at 85 kilometers an hour in the opposite direction, at what time will they meet in Boise, Idaho? That would have been a good question to ask. <laughs> not this. Yeah. Not no. this question. Uh, so Jimmy says, no, I'm not a Christian. I haven't been for long. And I think part of this goes back to um, myths about the Columbine massacre. 
Um, right there was there was a couple of people who claimed that the shooters were like asking people if they were Christian or whatnot, and a lot of no, Christians have well, built that, that into that, their whole thing. That might be true, but it's also um, I think it's like there's been a couple of ones in. I forget where in Africa, but like the mall shooting, there was a mall shooting in Africa where they were asking like the name of the Prophet Muhammad's mother and stuff to see, mm. to make sure they weren't killing Muslims. So Benedict is going to bat saying this book is accurate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me? Not so much so. But the next question he asked after Jimmy says he's not a, a Christian is, will you renounce this culture and swear your love and service to Allah? Will you prove that love and service to him? Get down on your knees and kneel in surrender. In surrender? In That's surrender. Fine. Yeah, sure. In surrender to his will. And he makes him pray and blah, blah, blah. And Jimmy does it because he's got a gun to his head, which is what you yeah, do when which you is have when a gun you, to your head. When you take your most sincere actions. Exactly. Um, also, he lied and said he'd ask him one question and he asked him two. So I think this man doesn't oh, know what the question wow. is. You know, the... Terrorists don't know how to do math, I think is what we learned from this book. Uh, but we learn, of course, that Malouf doesn't really care about all this. It says, quote, The only reason Ali Malouf did not kill him was he needed him. However, that need would be short-lived. When all was said and done, he could at least claim this young man is another convert to Islam. And, boy, if you think that the guy you held a gun to his head actually converted to Islam, man, maybe you're not that intelligent out there. Yeah. But, but we do learn that Ali Malouf has one man crush, and his name is Douglas Wilson. Mm -hmm. That's who Alan The only Malouf infidel is. that he will ever love. Yeah. I mean, work with. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this book could have gotten so much more interesting if there was a hardcore sex scene between Douglas Wilson and If there was chaotic bisexual energy. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That's what I would have loved. But so, you know, Wilson is as brutal as Malouf, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just more, there's nothing much in this chapter. There's not a whole lot really interesting in here, I don't think. But it's no. just, you know, he forces Jimmy to say he's going to be a Muslim, and then he, Jimmy makes a phone call, and he's talking to Sweet Tooth. Uh, which is how uh, all the, that sets, that is important, I guess, because it sets up the remainder of what's going to happen in this book. So, yeah. Jim also, um, sorry, just mm -hmm. quickly. Uh, are you still on the, are you still, where are you, 166? 166. Okay, cool. We'll carry on. Okay, fine. Well, I was going to go to the next page, but. No, so what I was going to say is that it, they, they then have another, he calls Wilson and they have a conversation about John Goad. But, like, we're supposed to just completely forget that they had, like, a missile-armed drone hovering above the yeah. shadow walls. Yeah. Like, two chapters ago. By the way, what happened to that drone? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they're just using Where it to keep the drone go <laughs> no it's the drone wilson because as we'll learn now in this chapter yeah they just leave where they were and the drone does nothing the no drone, nothing the missile arm drone is the, just and it doesn't even tell the people who they're going to spoiler alert kill that they're going to kill them that's yeah. wow Benedict, uh, I think we discovered a major plot hole. In this plot book. hole, yeah. Yeah, that's like a Death Star level plot hole. Yeah, so he calls Wilson, right? And and again, they're talking about the device. We always got to worry about the device. Call it a fucking flash drive. It's not mm -hmm. a device. Uh, but uh, Maloof asks. Also, like, they get so obsessed with this device, right? Mm -hmm. It's a flash drive. It, yes, A, it's a flash drive. <laughs> B, they're obsessed to it to the point 
like way after where it matters whether anyone knows what they're doing or not like they're like yeah. we will trade you well it, uh, spoiler alert, they kidnap the mum, john goad's mom and are like we'll trade you your mom for the flash drive yes well and, uh, okay we- here's another thing and this is just me nitpicking at uh bad tropes in fiction right but there's always a flash drive that the bad guys are demanding it does not ever make sense how the bad guys know that a flash drive exists Like, putting a flash drive into a computer does not, like, ring a bell in the bad guy headquarters that now there's a a flash drive with bad stuff on it. That does not happen. So, how do they know this flash drive existed in the first place? But now everyone knows what's on the flash drive, so it doesn't matter whether they control the flash drive or not. Like, like, it's really, like, irrelevant. The flash drive, if I recall, was basically a recording of the voice of the reporter saying, I think there's a big conspiracy with all these people involved. That was it. And then they murdered a bunch of people that were maybe to do with that, and then here we are. Not exactly groundbreaking stuff. No. I think you could probably find a random video in the depths of YouTube of somebody saying that they know about a massive conspiracy where Hillary Clinton is drinking baby's blood. Yeah, I think we watched it last week on the Babylon (laughs) (laughs) Bee. We basically did. Uh, So, yeah, they have their conversation. Yeah, there's not much to this. It does contain my favorite line of the chapter, which is... Uh Uh, Maloof says, don't muck this up, basically. And then uh, Wilson says, I don't muck up things. I fuck up people. Goad is people. And this is open season on his kind, my friend. Which, again, is one of those yes, things where he did not I have... write dialogue that sounds like humans talking. That is what I do. Indeed, it is my profession. This is, this is ChatGPT 1.0. <laughs> like, this is like eight versions ago. Like, this is ChatGPT trained only on dialogue of aliens pretending to be human this is is. is chat gpt only trained on donald trump speeches written down (laughs) that is in fact exactly what it is that is closer to the truth than i think you realize but yeah so they have this conversation so i have another favorite line uh which is this one right here go ahead so the casino will now be scheduled for demolition as ground zero for the detonation of the dirty bomb as previously planned that flash drive has got to be fried before it gets into the wrong hands. So they're Sorry. blowing up a casino. <laughs> no, no, you you missed off the end of that sentence, which oh, is okay. before it gets into the wrong hands, shall we say. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> you don't need to use innuendo on the phone call with the other bad guy. You don't need also, to. You both to know what's going on. Completely non-innuendo-ish. Yes. It's not like before it gets onto the wrong you dick, shall we say. You just said we're going to detonate a dirty bomb in the casino. There's no more innuendo after if that you, point. Before that flash drive gets into the wrong hands, if you catch my drift, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Yes, we're going to detonate the birdie, dirty bomb and the casino will go up in smoke, shall we say? If you I don't think I mean. anyone's going to be playing any clean hands of poker there anymore. You might say those slot machines are dirty. I love this book so much. It's so bad. It's I want to paint a mural of this book. Also, just like having just watched Oppenheimer, like, <laughs> the two opposite ends of the atomic bomb uh, fiction scale. Also, also, okay, I have to, so I have to read this next part. This is the the other my favorite line of the chapter. The reservation. You can only have the, one. <laughs> the reservation is the perfect location for the origination of the radioactive cloud that will spread over the entire southern section of Phoenix, Mesa, 
Tempe, and Gilbert. If the wind is right, it'll take out thousands. So, Benedict, this Here's the paragraph thing. doesn't not, understand. That's not very many people. Like, I know it is, and thousands of deaths yeah. is obviously a tragedy. Would be but, bad. like, if you set off the radioactive cloud in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. it would, the detonation Anywhere alone in Los Angeles. Yeah, would take off <laughs> many thousands of people. They're like, oh. Okay. Well. So, this is where my afternoon went after I got home from trial prep for the day. Did you uh, simulate started... dropping an atomic bomb on various bits of Arizona? No. But you know what I did do, Benedict, is I looked up, because here's one thing we haven't actually, like, investigated at all with this book, is is what uh, tribal nation is John Goad part of? Uh, oh, no, they say he's Mohawk. Okay, well, here's the issue with that, Benedict. Uh, Arizona, uh, and particularly the area around Phoenix, has two primary uh, uh, tribal lands. Uh, maybe three, but I'm confused by this map. I, I'm not 100% sure. The primary one is called the Gila River... Uh, what is it? Gila River Indian Community is the name of it, um, and it is home to. I, I'm I'm just gonna murder these names because I just don't know how to pronounce them. Uh, the uh, Peeposh and the Akimel O Odom, uh, which parenthetical says Pima. So I'm just gonna go with Pima and Maricopa tribes. Uh, neither of which, from what I've been able to find, are related to Mohawks. That well, the is, Mohawk. We t- we talked about this when. Uh... He he said something in Mohawk, but the the Mohawk are uh, a, a northeastern tribe originally. Right, the Mohawk are from the New York area. That's yeah. what I found when I was looking into it. Which yeah, is yeah, we talked about this on a sense. previous episode. I forget why, but there was a reason. Like there was some language thing that again annoyed me. As most things that annoy me are <laughs> language related, so that you know. Yes. So uh, neither neither the tribes at that reservation are Mohawk. So none of this makes sense. But there is another reservation which I wasn't able to find as much information on called the Salt River. Uh, there was, I think it might be two. Salt River and Fort McDowell might be two other reservations. But my assumption based off of all the geographic descriptors we've been given so far is we are talking about Gila River. It is the largest one in the area. It's very big. And I think if we have to go off the fact that Tom Morrissey is from the area, this is probably the one he knows about. This is probably what he's right about. It is southeast of Phoenix. Benedict, are you aware of which way the wind blows in the United States of America? Uh, no, but I'm going to guess the wrong way. It generally blows from west to east, which means if you were to set off this dirty bomb on the reservation, which is southeast of Phoenix... You're not going to get most of Phoenix because the wind is going to blow it to the east. That's okay. how wind works. So I have found a nuclear weapon simulator. <laughs> <laughs> and you can choose a warhead yield that includes crude nuclear terrorist is weapon. Barbenheimer.com? Is that what this no, is? No, it's nuclearsecrecy.com, <laughs> which on reflection maybe is a website I shouldn't have gone on. You but... are on a watch list now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I want to include casualties and radioactive fallout. I've selected crude nuclear terrorist weapon as the thing. Uh, Does that mean a dirty bomb or does it just mean like a a shitty nuke? Uh, I mean, isn't that the same thing? No, not really. Not really. A dirty bomb is meant to spread uh, hazardous radioactive material, not to generate a giant explosion. That's the difference. Okay. Well, presumably it's a a dirty bomb. And I'm going to blow it up in, uh, where did you say it was? Uh, The Gila River. I closed that tab. Gila River Indian Community. Um, Okay. I'm just going to blow it up in Phoenix and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. Benedict is blowing up Phoenix. (laughs) 
Not very much. Results. Not very much? <laughs> really? No, it, ba- it barely takes out Phoenix. In fact, it takes out th- about 3,000 people. Okay. So, crude um, terrorist device, couple of that. Okay, I mean, to be fair, they did say thousands. That's true, yeah. But that's, hole. okay, that's in the middle of Phoenix. So. Benedict, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. I think this I'm going to send you this so you can <laughs> the, you can put the nuke the nuke map in the in the show notes because I think do it's good. You see how red my out. face is? Right I do. There. Yes. <laughs> I oh, love everything fun. about this. I really do. Just love everything about this. Sorry, it's we so should cool. carry on with the review. That was a, this a episode's going to be two hours long. There's no yeah. getting away from it. There's no, nothing we can do about fine. it. No, there is because the rest of this has very little <laughs> substance, so it's fine. Yes. Uh, so he also uh, uh, tells. Uh, or is it Wilson who's doing it? I don't know. Uh, Wilson, I believe. Tell, it's it's poorly written dialogue. Um, I believe that Wilson is telling Ali Malouf that he wants Ali Malouf to take out John Goad. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what's going on. But again, it is written so poorly, I can't tell who is telling who what. It is very hard to understand. But so, that's basically what's going to be the, the next part of this. And as we know, they already have John Goad's mother. Which... Yeah. Wilson presumably would know about and is part of the whole plan and what's been yep. going on, but maybe Wilson isn't really a details guy. He's a big picture kind of kind of person. But that brings us to chapter twenty-five. Oh, we do get like a, a little bit at the end of that chapter where uh, uh, two people we haven't met before, and maybe we have. Maybe one of them was the sword guy, Kazi and Kumar. Go yeah, to, yeah, they were the sword the guy. No, no, yeah, we saw them. Yeah, yeah they sure. go to the cave where uh, uh, John's mother's being held. And then the chapter ends. That brings us to chapter 25, titled Cartel Joins the Jihad, which begins. Which, again, isn't really what happened in this chapter. Not really. They were already part of it, so I don't know. Why. This is bad descriptors. Ali Malouf called the drug lords to his house for a pre-event meeting. <laughs> I'm imagining this is a Google Calendar meeting, by the way. Just titled, titled Last Days of the Great Satan Jihad. No, which is this what is it an is. Outlook meeting. This, oh, is, a, this sure. is Outlook. These are yeah, people yeah. who use Outlook. Please. They are not Google, Google Calendar people. Uh, they, they need that lockdown security. Uh, for a pre-event meeting as the last days of the great Satan Jihad began, he offered them strong coffee as they sat around a large table in his spacious living room with nice, beautiful silk couches and curtains everywhere and small potted plants. And I wish there was more description of this house. There were ten somber-looking men of various ages and sizes assembled in that room with the master jihadist. He greeted them with, I am pleased to tell you that our great efforts begins this moment. We are ready to take your neighbors to the north down a path that will end a part of history for which they have dominated for far too long. Okay. You know that's the voice he was written with. Yeah. He looked sure. around the table to several nodding heads, but no smiling faces. Where's the money? asked one of them. Who Great question. Wore the name Picasso because of the scars and slight disfigurement of his 40-something-year-old face. And... At this moment, I imagined they were all wearing hello name tags. Hello, my name is <laughs> Picasso. 
hello, my name is Master Jihadist. You know, we all got to have that. You got to make sure that everyone has uh, everyone's name at the mixer. Uh, and, of course, there's a, a complication because Picasso wants his money, but Maloof is like, no, man, we have to do the bad guy and other bad guy dialogue where you want the money and I pretend that I'm not going to give it to you, but then you just take the money and the plan starts. We have to do that first before we can get to anything fun. Okay, uh, sorry, just quick thing. I know I shouldn't still be doing this and I should be mm-hmm. listening to you, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I, <laughs> I managed to put it in the... In You're the mid- still doing the news. <laughs> yeah, I managed to find the middle of the reservation that you were talking about. Yeah. Uh uh, estimated fatalities zero, <laughs> and a and a nuclear fallout that doesn't get beyond the reservation. <laughs> nice, nice, I love it. It's great. Ah, uh, you need to send me the link to that. I, I did. To, I sent it. I, I need sent to start it to nuking various parts of the United <laughs> States uh, if we get off the show. But uh, we learn now what some more parts of the plan are, and we're going to learn some more a little bit later. Uh, Ali Malouf starts by telling uh, Picasso. <clears throat> Your responsibility lies in Arizona. As we planned, Picasso, you and your men will take out the lodge at the Grand Canyon and make sure that glass bridge is shattered. Again, that's another thing. Like, why is that a fucking target? (laughs) Because Tom Morrissey only knows tourist location. That's so funny. Just like, yeah. (laughs) Here are some RPGs to take out the glass bridge at the fucking yes, Grand man, Canyon. Like, you know how when you think of uh, uh, monuments that, that represent the United States and, the and glass its people, bridge the Grand Canyon. you think of a tourist trap at the Grand Canyon. Which is definitely which, something I knew existed until I Googled it just now. Which, by the way, has a maximum occupancy of like 120 people. people. Yeah. 120 people max occupancy. And even then, you'd be like, hey, what are all those guys doing with rocket launchers maybe we should get off the bridge like it's not yeah. a very big bridge oh, oh, okay. it's not like they're gonna it's take it out it's not like a bridge out. right You're, you you saw a picture no it's a loop just, it's like a it's small like a little loop, loop. Yeah. it's like if you go to chicago and you go up to uh the sears tower they have another another location where they're gonna bomb yes they are we do learn a little later on they're gonna go after the sears tower because tom morrissey only knows tourist locations you the go other, the top the other the targets tower. are quite literally the mall of america <laughs> And the Statue of Liberty, and that's it. That is the full scope of this war on yes! America. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, but as I was trying to mention, the little glass box you can stand on at the Sears Tower and get your picture taken, which I did when we were up there a couple weeks ago, because, uh, you know, I'm I'm a sorority girl as well. We all are at heart. Uh, so we get Picasso using some slurs to uh, talk about people from the Middle East, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he says, bad enough that we have to take our orders from your Iranian people. Yeah, once which, again, really playing fast and loose with where in the Middle East these people are from. Right. I, I bring up because uh, we have gotten no real clue as to where the fuck this plot is. There's definitely been like some ISIS references, but there's also mm-hmm. been some Kuds ISIS, references. Also Kuds, also Al Qaeda, yeah. also now Iran in general. I mean, Kuds like, is Iran. Like, that's, right. That's... But it's just all over the place because these people don't understand anything about the real world or geopolitics. They just think all Muslims are Muslim and they're all just Muslim and all over the place. They just go around and they drag their Muslim down the street and all we have to just look at the Muslim all day long. But do you know what uh, this this Picasso fella Mm -hmm. has heard about John Goad? Can you tell the people? 
<laughs> the two the two things well, that he's he has heard some of Picasso's John. people a little shaky. He says, you know, little little shaky. Just mm-hmm. and why time. why is that? The two reasons. Ahem. I hear he and his amigos can disappear. Okay, seems scary. Okay, mm-hmm. what's the second yeah. thing? I hear he can take people's hats off with his feet. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the two things Direct that we know Direct quote about. from the text, people. Yeah, that's I not a joke. I hear he can take people's hats off with his feet. That's, yeah. Is that like a kicking in the head thing, I have or? to imagine that's what it's supposed to be. Sure. And at Steven Seagal's age, he doesn't quite have the flexibility anymore. And he's dreaming of the days when he can take hats I, off. I hear he can unbutton someone's top button at the very most. <laughs> <laughs> I hear he can take a training bra off with his toes. <laughs> with one foot, no less. Are <laughs> 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 <Hey>, you okay? <laughs> no, I'm not okay, Benedict. Because I can't take people's hats off with my feet. <laughs> Steven Seagal's hairy toes unhooking a bra. <laughs> Oh no, that's the end of the episode. Okay, come on, pull it together. I'm I'm literally sweating. I'm sweating. It was my joke, and I'm sweating. I can't get the air in and out. I'm sweating, Benedict. (laughs) Yes, he can take people's hats off with his feet. Yep. Uh, But Ali Malouf. He assuages Picasso by saying, hmm, maybe he can, maybe he can't, but I can take his hat and his head off at the same time, and then points at a sword. Yep, that's it. That's the comeback. And then we get a rant about political correctness from the yeah. bad guys. Yeah, we're like, ah, they've gone soft. They want us to call them Native Americans, fucking political correctness. That's why this invasion <laughs> has been so easy. It's really, you know, uh, pro tip, pro tip to Tom Morrissey. Um, don't give your bad guys the same dialogue you use when you're sitting on somebody's porch uh, after a good meal. Don't, don't, don't put that in there. That's uh, probably not a good look for you. Probably not exactly what you want to be doing. But, yes, we do learn that this is basically why. The, the political correctness is why the United States is so ripe to be brought down by this uh, this attack that's going to happen. But uh, we do <clears throat> get now a flash over to John Goad. So we're, we got Picasso. He leaves. He takes his money. Blah, blah, blah. He's gone. He's going to get half of it now, half of it later. Who gives a shit? And then we cut to, at that moment, John Goad's phone rang. And he heard his mother say, John, I need you to do something for me. And it's not come over and, and pick her up because she fell and she can't get up. She has one of those life locks, so, so she can uh, just <laughs> hit that button. Life, what is, there's, what's the one with the button? I have no idea. a button that old people wear that they push. I know my grandma has accidentally hit it several times and had the uh, fire department go to her house. <laughs> That's happened. Great. Old people are fun. But, so he has a conversation with the guy who is holding his mother on the phone. Uh, and at one point, he does the old, ah, I want to talk to my mom, blah, blah, blah. And then she starts speaking in Mohawk to him, saying, don't try and come for me. 
Uh, and uh, he gets real mad about that. Kazi, the guy who's there with his mom on the phone, gets real mad about that. None of this matters. It's We all know exactly what's coming, right? They're going to go find her and, and get her back. But the demand, as you mentioned earlier, is that John needs to give them the flash drive. And how does he need to give them the flash drive, Benedict? He needs to go leave it on top of a slot machine at the casino. And then they'll check if he's made any copies. And then 24 to yeah, 3, within, okay. within one to two business days, they'll release his mob. <laughs> Look, uh, our accounts receivable is just swamped. And really, it's going to take us a little time to process uh, and get that out to you on time. So, uh, yeah, 24 to 48 hours. Uh, we'll see how that happens. But, yeah, they tell him. That they want him to make sure that, you know, this all goes well. They're not going to give him his mom back for 48 hours. And if they see anything, quote, that tells us you made a copy of the digital for 48 hours of the digital, Benedict, that's yep. a thing uh, that we see the right do a lot. Like Trump with the nuclear. Yeah. Right. Just the nuclear. Nuclear what? You don't need to know. I'm talking about doesn't, the nuclear. Doesn't, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't, don't, don't think about it. Don't worry about it. But the digital. And once uh, that 48 hours passes, they'll uh, leave her to call from a public phone, and then he'll come pick her up. So that's the whole thing. That's the whole whole plan. Benedict doesn't seem like all that good of a plan. Doesn't bad plan. seem particularly good. Uh, no, I would say bad plan. Don't think that I'd be going along with that. But, of course, as you do, uh, John is going to go ahead and save his mom and... and with the help of his friends, as Joe Cocker would say. So, but before that, uh, he goes and tells everybody about everything that's been going on. And I do love that at least this book doesn't try and bore us with more of John saying the same thing over again. It's basically just tells us, John told everyone, and everyone had no questions. <laughs> is basically the gist yep. of what happened there. But then, <clears throat> we get this. Quote, Alicia put her arms around the big lawman and asked, what do we do now? These sons of bitches need something serious landing on their heads. She looked up at John with eyes clouded with fury. There's something wrong with this world, John. That's not wrong. She something drives. so wrong that no amount of fixing can make right again. What the <laughs> hell are they doing dragging your mother into this? She must be your scared out of her mother. wits. Yeah. And then he copies the flash drive as he was told not to do. You know, Okay, I, I do want to backtrack for a second. The way he copies the flash drive, Benedict, the way he copies the flash drive, he gives it to the Shadow Wolf's tech whiz. Yep, who, who, who had his tech kit with him by, his by, tech a, kit by a chance. For copying a flash drive, Benedict, not surprising that Tom Morrissey, who is in his 60s, thinks it takes a tech whiz to copy a flash drive. I am not surprised about that in the slightest. Yep. That is just about the least surprising thing to me. And I can see the reflection in your glasses. I know you're still playing the nuke game. I'm not. I, I know you're still it's playing just open. the nuke game. It's open. <laughs> but yes, he has to give it to his tech guy who goes off to copy it. But then we get our deus ex bagaye uh, in the form of uh, Jimmy and Sweet Tooth. And Jimmy is called Sweet Tooth. And he's telling him about all this stuff that's going on. And Jimmy, he just been to a cave. Mm. And he thinks he saw the mom. He thinks he mm. saw John's mom. Um, he has now, no reason to think this, apart from the fact that he saw the ghost of the granddad. Yeah, well, he saw an old woman in a cave, and some old guy was there, and nobody yeah. can... Ex and the old guy is going to pop back up again, and we get zero explanation whatsoever. Yeah. Except and John is like, 
thanks, granddad. And then Alicia's <laughs> like, what? And he's like, nothing. Yep. <laughs> Again. Yep. So he tells uh, Sweet Tooth to pass a message on to his brother Jimmy to meet him by the Riggs Road exit off I-10 in about an hour and 15. So Benedict, yeah, I went and pulled up the Google Street View okay. for Riggs Road off of the I-10. <laughs> and there is a Shell gas station there. Would you not be okay. surprised to learn? I um, believe it. You could have just said, meet us at the gas station off Riggs and I-10. He doesn't give many. The other thing about this that was a bit, a little bit uh, uh, weird to me is at no point in this conversation with Sweet Tooth did John get any information about where this cave is. No. But he tells Jimmy to go meet him at a random exit off of the highway, which presumably could be in the exact opposite direction of where they need to go. Could it very easily could be, yeah. be in the exact opposite direction of where they need to go. But now we've got all the shadow wolves together, right? He's going he's gonna to tell them a story that's going to knock everyone on their asses. Direct quote from the book. And we learn that there are 38 shadow wolves, quote, including four women. One of them, Alicia. Wow. I almost, I was almost hoping that it would be written 38 shadow wolves and also four women. <laughs> <laughs> that feels more like the vibe this book is continuously that. putting out to us. But we now get the conversation of how they're going to take this to the feds, Benedict. And John has an idea. He says, There's only one man we can trust, the U.S. Marshal. I'm going to go with the U.S. Marshal, Eric Kahn. I believe he can be trusted. I mean, you can see his dick through his jeans, even when he's not hard. That's a man you can trust. Beyond him, the only other law enforcement head I trust is the sheriff. Which, Benedict, I will remind you. We know exactly who he means. Joe Arpaio. It's Joe Arpaio. Sheriff. Yep, it's Joe Arpaio. But we can't draw him in yet because the DOJ is all over his ass about the way he handles illegals. And he has coin-appointed monitors everywhere, crawling all over his department, watching him. So, the Maricopa County Sheriff has really fucked himself out of getting involved with saving the world here. By fucking over the quote-unquote illegals. Yeah, really, really... Wish he wouldn't have done that. And then he could have helped save the world with John and Alicia. That would have been real nice. So they are going to go to the casino now and drop off the flash drive. And this is the point where we learn uh, about a new weapon that Alicia likes that I don't think we've heard about before. And I, this just reminded me of like when you're a kid and you have the made up game you play with it, like mm-hmm. you and the four friends you do with it on recess. You all know the backstory of all the characters you've created and your powers and what your weapons are, even though they're invisible. Uh, but one of your friends, one day he decides that now he has a new weapon and it's a new super sword that can pierce through all armor all and them, can't yeah. be stopped and yeah. provides an instant kill every time. Uh, so, uh, but uh, Alicia, she has one of those, of course, uh, in addition to the many, many guns, many, many guns that she has. So many she guns. has a expandable baton, which quote, she practiced swipe. She practiced swiped it using a pattern she had learned from her Bagua teacher three years before it had become one of her favorite hand weapons and she was exceptionally skilled with it. A few practice swipes a day kept her adept when added to the eight palm old form Bagua movements. Um, I looked up Bagua, and the only interesting thing about it is that it inspired uh, one of the clans in Naruto, and it also provided a lot of the uh, uh, stuff behind uh, windbending in the Airbender series. So, there's Bagua for you. I don't know if it's a real martial art or worth anything. Someone will tell us. Someone will tell us. But we get to the end of the chapter, 
And Jimmy finally makes it to meet with up with him off the corner of I-10 and Riggs Road at the beautiful Shell gas station, which I do have to say does look like it has a restaurant attached to the side of it, uh, which wow. I would be I'd be very excited to go try some of the local fare there. Uh, as we all know, gas station food, always the, the finest in the world. Always the fun. I ironically right. love a great deal you. of gas station food. Okay, but that brings go. us, Benedict, to Chapter 26, titled U.S. Marshals versus the Deep State, in which the U.S. Marshals do not at all take on the Deep State. No, became, and they still are like, should we trust Eric Khan? And they're like, ah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Yo, that was the, the whole... most puzzling thing of this. Yeah. was right. John has They decide said, to trust Eric Khan, and then in this chapter they're like, mm, should we, though? And then they're yeah. like, ah, sure. Okay, John has already said he trusts Eric Khan. He said it several chapters ago. He said it last chapter. And now, guys on his team have to be like, come on, John, we can really trust Eric Khan. He's a great guy. You can see his dick through his jeans, even when it's not hard. <laughs> really but, sticking to that one, huh? That, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as Tom Morrissey's author insert, I really do feel like that is what he intended to go along yeah, with Yeah, you're Khan. not wrong. <laughs> it begins. Noche looked Jimmy over and thought for a few seconds before asking, John, with the shitstorm about to blow over this whole country, I'd say we need to talk with somebody who let them know what's about to happen. And Noche then says, I say we put our trust in the U.S. Marshal. Like you've already said, you feel he can be trusted. Which John pushes back on. Yep. Why? You're the one who's been saying that he's the greatest guy on you the planet this whole Khan time. You is that trustworthy? Why? Give me your reasons. Enumerate uh, them. So... John calls uh, our boy Eric Kahn. And this, this is Eric Kahn's response to whatever batshit nonsense John had to say that we don't get to read because it's not on the page. He says, quote, John, if you'd have told me this five years ago, I'd have told you this was pure fantasy. I like the the in-the-moment decisions you make with the voices of your characters. entirely in the moment. (laughs) I'd have told you this was pure fantasy stirred up by the conspiracy theorists running all over the internet. Nope. That would have been as far as you would have gotten with me back then. And how does this hit you now, Marshal? I no longer think that way. <laughs> and furthermore, I think that, you know who it is? You know who this character is to me? The Kiba Elf. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, oh, who is the guy in, uh, what's the movie? The Brothers something? It's about Grim. the, it's the Odyssey. No, it's the Odyssey, mm-hmm. but they did it with, with George Clooney. You know what I mean? You know what movie I'm talking about. No, I have no idea. The lanky guy from the George Clooney movie about the... uh, Now I have to look it up. Uh, (laughs) I am a man of sorrow. That thing. You know what movie I'm talking about, right? How do you not know what movie I'm talking about? Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? That's the movie. Oh, okay. It's the lanky guy from Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? The lanky, weird guy who talks all funny. That's who it is. That's who this character is to me. Um, where was I? I no longer think that way. And furthermore, I think that believing this stuff can't happen is for the liquid brainers inside the Washington Beltway. That's what I think, John. I'm asking you, what do you want me to do with this? (laughs) And yeah, they decide, oh, wait, uh... We don't think we can tell anybody above you. Well, that's the thing. John's, Eric, whatever his fucking name Eric, is, Khan, Marshall Khan, yep. is like, what do you want me to do? And then John, who previously has been like, don't trust anyone, don't tell anyone who doesn't need to know, mm-hmm. is like, pass it on up the line. And then Eric's like, 
To whom? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't think that one through, did he? He yeah. really didn't think that one through. And anyway. it gets better because, okay, so Eric says, I think I'd better join you before you take out all of these bastards before I can get some pokes at them. I'm thinking it'd be a real good thing for you and your folks to be deputized by me. Now, Benedict, are you familiar with the concept of deputization? No, but I know that Steven Seagal is. (laughs) Deputy Chief Lawman, uh, just like Herschel Walker. Uh, But so, um, there is like a history of, in the past, in the United States, marshals could deputize a posse to go and wrestle up one of them criminals, right? Um, As it happens, currently, pursuant to the United States Code, uh, it is not possible for a U.S. Marshal to deputize anyone. The only one who is able to deputize anyone is pursuant to 28 CFR section 0.112, Special Deputation. Quote, the director of the United States Marshal Service is authorized to deputize the following persons to perform the functions of a deputy U.S. Marshal in any district designated by the director. Selected officers or employees of the Department of Justice, federal, local, state, or law enforcement employees whenever the law enforcement needs the U.S. Marshal Service so require, blah, 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 it goes on like that. Only the director of the Marshal Service can deputize someone. Arizona District Marshal Eric Kahn is not able to randomly deputize anyone he wants to make him part of a posse. So that's what made it fun for me when it, the chapter ends with him administering an oath of office mm-hmm. to all of the shadow wolves who are present. And Benedict, I would like you to raise your right hand, please, and uh, repeat after me. I. I. State your name. Ben. I should have done the funny thing and said, state your name. What are you doing? You don't have any comedy jobs. What the fuck is wrong with you? Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute all lawful precepts. That I am not up to no good. Directed to the Marshal of the United States for the Western District of Arkansas. Directed to the United States for the Western Districts of Arkansas. Under the authority of the United States. Under the authority of the United States. And true returns make. And true returns make. And in all things well and truly and without malice and partiality, you have now been deputized exactly as much as all the... the, the And I will say that the book is resting on my lap and I did have my left hand on the book, which is as good (laughs) as having it on the Bible, I think. Look, you know, I really think that we should replace all books used for swearing in with a copy of The Way of the Shadow Wolves. I really think that is the way things should go. Um, I think that we should leave it there for today you think we should leave it there yeah because otherwise next week's going to be too short because there's only two chapters after this i i do somewhat agree with you because next chapter is where the the climax that's the the climactic so the the action does start next chapter and continues heavy question mark throughout the end of the book yeah that'll that'll be where we end next week is the uh the climax for sure I, I think you're probably right that this is a good ending point for us to leave off on, uh, particularly given that we're, we're all just going to be have wet dreams over Eric Kahn and, <laughs> and him say, saving the day. His massive patriotism. That's what we're all going to be thinking about for the rest <laughs> of the day. Right. I love this book so much. I really yeah. like, there's something about bad fiction. And uh, uh, I, I did get another suggestion earlier today. Um, from Molly Conger, who told me that uh, Jason Kessler, who organized the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, uh, wrote a novel. Nope. And she shared with me a screenshot of a sex scene from that novel. Nope, absolutely not. Nope, nope, we will be vetoing that. 
Benedict. Uh, I'm using to, the to bonk end button. Off the show today, I'm using the bonk button. To end off the show today, I'm going to share my screen with you with the page from the novel. And I believe we should probably just have you uh, read uh, uh, okay. uh, the, this page and uh, tell us uh, how beautiful it really is. Okay, so the world is laid out in front of your feet, dude. You can go anywhere. Be anything and do anything you want. I guess you're right about that, but none of this is really me. You saw the real me and it disgusted you. Yeah, that's By the way, right. the title of the book, Benedict, at the time. Badland Blues. Yeah. Badland Blues. Maybe you're different now. Anyway, I'm tired of talking now, babe. How about we take this upstairs? <laughs> so I'm bored of this shit. Should we go fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, how 90% of my sexual encounters start. Let's be honest about that. <laughs> fuck. Uh, chopped is getting real boring. You want to go upstairs and fuck? Yeah, yeah. let's do that. So Jean wasn't quite satisfied with that answer. He, oh, he, he tried to muster up the courage to tell her no, but she looked too fine with her body stretched out across his couch like that. His eye, her eyes, sorry, I'm getting confused who's uh-huh. got the piercing eyes. I'm sight reading I'm going to go on a limb here and say that this book is poorly written. <laughs> her eyes pierced right through, sorry, the pin button is over the top, right through his heart with a confidence and a wanton lust that stiffened his manhood on sight alone. His self-respect had fought valiantly but lost in a rout to libido. Uh-huh, he nodded. <laughs> she stood up, kissed him again, and they moved into his bedroom upstairs. First, she un- the good stuff. First, she undressed him, and then she helped Jean remove his shirt and pants. My wife just walked into the room. <laughs> <laughs> we need a cameo. I no, need her we to no, read this with you. <laughs> Her naked body was so artistic, so much like fireworks on the 4th of July, <laughs> that his head grew a little light. She, <laughs> she bent over onto the bed, purring like a lioness. Yes, more animal comparisons! <laughs> purring like an ocelot in heat. Gene <laughs> wrapped his arms around her taut stomach <laughs> and ran his hands along her warm, radiant body. Then they run up until they were cupping her soft... I'm not reading this. <laughs> I simply will not that's it i'm done you can leave the rest into your imagination i just need you to read i'm not reading italicized line uh, i just need you to read the one italicized line yeah okay this is an uncontextualized line (laughs) not not so extreme he thought i do have a smaller than average fist (laughs) which if you had asked me to guess the next word at any point in that sentence (laughs) i don't know that i could have done it Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I think that's the end of the show, and maybe the show think... in its entirety. We may never record again. I think that is probably a good place to leave it for today. I really love that you got through that whole first side of the page and hadn't read anything that was on no, the. No, I other was side truly sight reading. I was, uh, I was surprising myself as I went. Oh, that's so good. Anyways, Benedict, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash mygbc and become a patron for as little as $1 an episode. For patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, early releases of our episodes, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons. Teach Peace, Chi Wizzle, The Ghost of Larry Nichols, Jacob Johnson, Danny Rosari, A Wee Woo Thing, New Buildings Are a Globalist Conspiracy, Carrie Conrison, Bobo D. Bear, Chili, Madeline and Zachary Wilson Petro, Stephen DeBeau, Tori and the Gallant, Raptor Princess vs. the Shadow Wolves, 
Runok Seti, Amy Kaiser, Sean Sullivan, Lauren S, Insert Random Scap Sounds, Skilly Bebop Boop, William Patterson, Black Weasel, Kieran Dackler. Join us next week when our guest will be an Alabamian folding chair. Uh, Henry Louis King Jr. <laughs> that one, because we delayed, because we had an early recorded episode last time, that one was a little bit past its prime. I still love it. Henry Louis King Jr., Sarah Wolf, Aaron Burke, Megan A. Dooley, Gloria Scott, Clifton Stuckey, Paws, A Restless Native, A Baby, wah, Veronica Forker, Melissa C., George Saulnier, Stefan, Alex Jones Voice, Dan, and Jordan. You already made that movie, you time-traveling witches, Wimbledon 2004, Utah Outcast, Dave Barwick, Chris Palmer, Bad Bible Stitches, Mockingbird Nation, Baka, Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Diggy Z Blasphemy, Jay Reynolds, Stephen, and Cindy Dimmick. Taru Takanan and Balls Waterson. Thank you all as always for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, I do have a smaller than average fist. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Oh, God. podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.